Hey family, and welcome to the Innocence Podcast. I am your host, Deja Vaughn. The Innocence Podcast promotes Black consciousness and entrepreneurship with the motive to shift the narrative through highlighting exceptional achievements of our brothers and sisters across the diaspora. Stay tuned. This is shocking. It's always shocking. And I insist on being shocked. I'm never going to become immune. I think that's a kind of failure to see so much of it that you die inside. I want to be surprised and shocked every time. Welcome back to In Her Sense. Today we have my favorite, my good, good sis. Like <laughs> when I met this girl, we was in an organization called Panic at VSU. Oh man. <laughs> we were vibing, spoken word, rap, poetry. And since then, this has been someone that I could honestly rely on intellectually. So now, without further ado, let me introduce our guest. So today we have the multifaceted truth seeker, Kay Ari. She is repping the 804. She is a photographer, musician, producer, and creator of Gray Matter and Captured by Kay. She's a divine woman who seeks to advocate for the mental elevation of her people and motivate them to get, as she says, get lighter to get higher. Join me as we discuss the meaning to life, where Blacks are as a society, self-identity, and more. Welcome in, Kay. What's going on, everybody? Peace, 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 family, peace. Glad to be here, Dej. I really, really appreciate this, and I'm excited just for us to dive deep, sis. So, yeah, love for this. Major love. Awesome. No problem. Oh, and let me remind y'all. She has an EP out right now called The Misinterpretation of Kari and a mixtape called The Lyrical Exercise 101. In addition to that, she also has a few of my favorite singles. Come on. These, now, seriously, Kay, like these joints right here is like, to me, it's just feel good music. Like, mm. I could tell, like, these two songs right here. Know to self and listen up were just like written to a T, you know. It had a message in it and like the percussions in it, um, the artistry of um, you and the artists that were in there, Blue and um, Bahati. Yes. Yeah. So that was, that was honestly so dope. So I, want to shout those two songs out but she has many many more that are, that give that same vibe 
Yes, yes, for sure. I appreciate that, sis. 110%. Those two <laughs> tracks, um, before we get deeper, just it was crazy because they both were uh, spared a moment mm. type, of, type of situations. Um, note to self, I had wrote, um, you know, the hook to and, you know, all the verses. Um, and pretty much I can say summer of 2019 was really when I, I, I went deeper just into rediscovering myself with my music. I grew up around music. I, I grew up in church. My grandmother literally forced me to go to church every single day as a kid. Um, so just being in that energy and spirit of like, you know, what, what gospel gives off for us as black people, um, the sound, the drums, the vibrations, all that. I played the violin in grade school. Um, so, you know, I really had to redefine myself and, you know, also because it's not a lot of women, uh, representation when it comes to authentic music and just how women were expressing music, especially during the nineties era. So, um, you know, I really wanted those two songs to represent me as well. And I was so glad to work with the people I did cause they made the songs just that much more better. So definitely, definitely, um, y'all go check that out. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So how did you get your name? I know it's K, but you know, how'd you, yeah. how'd you get your name? <laughs> Um, so when I realized I was like getting real serious just with my writing and I've always written, um, as a kid, I mean, I started writing ever since I can remember my mom, you know, just always taught me the importance of having a journal and that kind of led me into getting into spoken word. And, um, that helped me be more intentional about my lyrics as well. So, um, when I started getting more serious just about myself as an artist, I'm like, all right, so what's your name going to be? Um, so I always, just drew towards the shortened version of my name, my full name, um, or my slave name rather is Michaela Ariel Quick. And I kind of just shortened my first name and my middle name together to KRE um, and realized later that it kind of played on India RE. So I was like, you mm. know, it, it, it has kind of like that ring to it. So, um, and that energy behind it. So I was like, you know what, you know, I'll go by K. And then, you know, as people introduce me with my alias and music, it just be KRE. And it kind of just, it kind of just, fit you know and it wasn't something too foreign from myself so um that was what I came up with man honestly it was just like easy for me <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's pretty much how I came up with that alias for sure with my music and my artistry mm, I felt that okay so you said slave name what do you mean by that yeah so um I Last year, I pretty much, I've been wanting to change my name for a long time, first of all, mm. to say that. Um, okay. So last year, I pretty much established, uh, and, and this was after I kind of learned my ancestry back um, when I was in college, um, and it traced back to West Africa, um, Ghana, Sierra Leone, that region right there. So um, the, the the primary language there is Igbo. Um, and so I had been just thinking about changing my name for so long. And I'm like, OK, well, I need to actually start, you know, researching different things and what um, pretty much gravitates towards me. So last year I wound up drawing towards the name uh, Shianake. And because I go by K for short, um, Shianake in Igbo means divine. Um, and I finally put the second name to it. So I'm eventually going to change my name and go by Shianake Adego, which means the divine daughter of wealth. Um, and it's funny because my given name by my parents, Michaela, actually means one who was of God um, in Hebrew. 
So <laughs> um, surprisingly enough, it kind of went together. So that's something that I've been just embracing as of lately, um, as I step into and continue to just walk in my God energy, you know, and just as I've been rooted in my spiritual journey as well, I'm like, I want to be able to have a name that represents me um, as the energy and not as uh, the physical person. So that's something mm. new. That's something new and something unreleased uh, that you're getting. So I'm glad you asked me that. But yeah, yeah of course. Um, it takes a lot of, I think, courage to do that. You yeah. know, it's, it's no it's no ill will towards my parents and my family. But I think um, mm-hmm. it just kind of gets a little bit, you know, deeper into uh, the spiritual energy for me, for sure. Mm. Cause, cause words matter. Yeah, definitely. words do matter. Definitely. Yeah, they they matter a lot. You know, that's why you have to be intentional about what you say and how you say it. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that's still a process. That's like an everyday thing. Mm-hmm. You know, because one could argue that they have been conditioned to think in a certain mentality right. and have a certain perspective of life have a certain perspective of people. Mm. Yeah. Have a have a certain perspective to how one lives, mm. you know? Yeah. Or what what power means to that one individual and individuals like them. Yeah. You know, so it's about changing the narrative. Absolutely. And I think that's beautiful that you're grasping like your own power. Yeah, that we are ordained to have that we have. You yeah, know? but it's yeah. about tapping into that. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, finding power is a very interesting perspective that is something that is just going to be a part of life. Yeah, definitely. And just like you were saying, <laughs> you said you know I caught you say you said narrative, and that's I think that's pretty important too. Um, especially you know me and you have been chatting recently just about the mm-hmm. sovereign the sovereign process, um, and things like that, and overstanding that as a whole. Um, so you know, definitely I agree with uh being able to control your own narrative, especially when you start diving into our history as a people. Um, mm-hmm. which is which is synonymous to uh the truth as as well so i definitely agree with you on that narrative is everything narrative is for sure so what to you like what is the meaning to life mm, all right yes i love this um the meaning to life um i definitely think that we were all here or we were all put on this physical realm which we know is earth for a purpose um I want to say first and foremost, I think the foundational purpose is for us to just cultivate love, right? Um, Not just within ourselves, um, but with the rest of humanity, but most importantly with ourselves so that we are uh, able to be able to uh, communicate um, spiritually and energetically because we are energies in these bodies in this physical realm um, where we're surrounded by so much uh, dark, you know, energy that we have to kind of tap into the light. And I think the the mm. highest frequency is love. Um, so I just want to say that first and foremost, but I definitely think also the meaning of life is to find truth, right? And um, anything that involves source energy, uh, the most high, you know, whatever it is that you believe in that is equal to a higher power um, is essentially uh, what the meaning to life is. And when mm-hmm. you have aligned yourself with that 
level of consciousness, then you've mm-hmm. tapped into that wavelength of what the meaning of life is. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that's what we have to get to when it comes to just unlearning, relearning and kind of navigating our way through this physical realm as well. It's just remembering mm-hmm. that, you know, all these things that are physical about us change uh, life after life after life. And I also think the meaning of life is, again, as you go through your lives and you reincarnate, is to make, you know, the next one better than the last and to also set up the present one for the next one to come. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think in that sense, uh, for me, that's how I interpret the meaning of life for sure, definitely. And I think a lot of the times we also miss the fact that we can't do this life thing alone. You know what I mean? There wouldn't be seven billion and counting of us walking around in this physical realm just for no reason. You know what I mean? Um, so definitely love to cultivate love is the meaning of life. Mm. Yeah, I shade to that. Ooh. <laughs> I say to that, I was just thinking like, you know, if you read the Bible, you could say that Adam and Eve were not alone. They were together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So you never really meant to be alone. Mm-hmm. Right. If you want to take it, you you know, if you wanted to take it there. You right. Know? <laughs> you know, we you, you, you know, know. talking earlier. Yeah, yeah. yeah we <laughs> were. We sure were. So I'm just saying, you know, you know, one could argue. That right. They for say that, you know. No, but I feel you. And even just um that level of understanding, right? Because yeah, then, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's 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 a lot of things that uh people are never going to really be able to grasp in this life. And you just mm-hmm. bringing up just that, that low mm-hmm. level of understanding or, <laughs> or basic, let me say basic level of understanding, right? <laughs> because that's what, uh, what a lot of us are familiar with before, right. before we even get rooted in our journey. Um, yeah. Is that. So yeah, definitely there's still some, some, some prophecy in you seeing that for sure. So Definitely. I, I understand the metaphor behind it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, you know, but I, my, uh, you know, my thing is like, why can't we perceive God as all things? Mm, you know? Yeah. If he is all things, why yeah. can't we look at him as all things? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that means spirituality. Mm. Check. That means internally within. Mm-hmm. Check. That means discussion with him. Check. Looking at the sun every day. Check. You know, certain powerful meanings that have been on earth since its creation. Right. Since its creation. It takes seven days. It took seven days. Why do you Mm -hmm. think we have seven days in a week? Mm -hmm. You know, like Mm -hmm. thinking about it deeper, like, rooting yourself and saying hmm, this is how you should imagine about it right but that's you know but that for me that's my personal connection mm-hmm. but I'm just saying like there's a deeper level of appreciation that one should have of God not absolutely just, not just on a very you know level of just common understanding that there is love absolutely. but understanding why there is love understanding why there is light yeah. hello you know, yeah. understanding that why is skin, our skin specifically, in this way? Hello? Mm. What? Let's, <laughs> like, hello? Let's talk about it. I Let's mean, talk. is anybody there? 
<laughs> Yo, no, nah, for sure days. And I think um, also us even just getting away from the pronouns as well, the the language in which in which we use to identify. Um, and, you know, and that goes into being able to just understand mm. the, the energy of it all, yeah. right? Ooh. Because if we... If See, we just, uh, ooh. Go that's ahead. Good. That's go good. Ahead. That's, no, no, that's good. <laughs> just, just like you were saying, though, um, you know, you wake up every day and you open your eyes. That's God. The sun, the birds, you know, just this life force going on around us at every second of the day. It's frequency all around us. That's God. You know what I mean? That energy is God. All mm-hmm. of this, all of this that we have in this physical realm is is the result of alchemy, right? All of these things that we that we have, the the how how we can engineer cars as human beings. Like even just thinking about the concept of an airplane and how the whole science of that, because what people don't understand too is that mm. science is just spirituality in the physical. Mm. Right, so then you dive into that. So it can get deep. You know what Listen, I mean? it can get real it, deep. It gets deep. I'm telling you, it gets way, yeah, deep. way, yeah, way deep than we give it credit for. Hello, a- a- absolutely. I say, yeah, yeah I, I say, say yeah. You know, yep. Man, you definitely. It's definitely beautiful, just, though. Yeah, it's a beautiful process, but we don't give enough credit to it. Yeah, definitely don't. Definitely don't. So how would you um, describe your style? Hmm. Okay. Um, let me see. I, okay, so let me just say this. I'm a 90s baby. I was born in 1995. Um, so caught, caught the middle to the end of the 90s, especially into the 2000s. Ooh very very dope in just unprecedented times for music first of all like music is honestly not the same these days um and even just in art too and just expression in general especially for us as as black people um i'm heavily influenced um by a lot of different tastes um both of my parents were they kind of had a duality about them my mom and my mom's family is from new york um, Bronx, New York, and my father is from Virginia. Um, so my mom was the the biggie, you know, Wu Tang Clan, you know, Mary J. Blige, that whole scene, um, Slum Slum Village, um, uh, Little Brother, you know, different stuff like that. And my dad was kind of like the Maxwell, and you know, um, uh, Layla Hathaway. We were just talking about Layla Hathaway. Mm-hmm. Um, so. Mm-hmm. I really think I'm, I'm drawn <laughs> because I just can remember my mom, she played music all the time. And I'm just drawn by how women looked in the 90s. They had these beautiful, pretty faces, but wore these baggy clothes. That, juxta- that juxtaposition for me is everything. And I think it's a full reflection of me. Like I have this very soft face, but I give this androgynous style. Um, I love to just reflect the times of the 90s and the early 2000s. I think there was no other era where style was any more expressive, any more innovative. Like, even just, like, TLC with, like, the jumpers and the nylon, like, uh, biker suits. And, you know, the way they used to, like, do the colorways with Reeboks, Adidas, and even just the pants, too. Like, right now I got on some some, some green uh, Adidas pants with, like, the original Leaf uh, logo on there. 
Um, and I love going to the thrift store. So that's another thing for me. I think a lot of people overlook the thrift store. Um, I've, I have like pieces from 97. I have a guest sweatshirt that's like heavily embroidered, um, with a year on there. And I have a lot of like pieces from the early 2000s. So I just love timeless clothing. Um, I definitely think overall, just to put a word to it, that my style is, is versatile and it's androgynous for sure. Um, so yeah, that duality has to be there for me. I love being comfortable. So I definitely will give cute and comfortable any week of the day. Um, and I, I like to clean it up too. So, you know, I love to throw a suit on sometimes, you know, get them prints in there, throw them loafers on. So that's definitely there too, but I'm, I'm, I'm versatile and I'm definitely a sneakerhead for sure. <laughs> What's your favorite pair of sneakers that you have? <sighs> I've done a lot of purging, sis. I've done a lot of purging. Um, but I love just a dope pair of Nikes. Like Nike is just a timeless brand anyway. Mm-hmm. They've been around for so long. Um, mm-hmm. so I, I really like I like different stuff. I like I, I don't I don't really have a favorite. There's a certain type of thing that I look for. It could be like a texture in a shoe. Um mm-hmm. I love I love when a sneaker has suede. You know, I live mm-hmm. for that. Um, so if it has a nice suede uh, textile to it and kind of like a print mixing or just like a certain type of way that the the colorway is, um, if it's something I've never seen before or not too many people have, I definitely would gravitate towards it. Um, but for the most part, I love I will throw on a pair of Nikes any day. Um, and I definitely, definitely love Adidas as well. So mm-hmm. those are those are my top two. You know, my top two brands when it comes to shoes for sure. But I'm 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 exclusive when I shop, regardless. Like I said, I, I like to look for things that I know not a lot of people uh have on or or that I haven't seen really. So that's kind of mm. like what I look for when I shop, definitely. And that's another reason, um, just going back to the thrift store, why I like going to the thrift store, because you can go to the thrift store and you'll pick up a piece that you know don't nobody else got. So mm. that's definitely a plus for me. Mm-hmm. when it comes to just shopping and clothes and different things like that yeah do you have like a your favorite kind of thrift stop in the 804 area um i have a couple of spots um so in richmond which is the capital of virginia um i love to stop by there's a there's a shop called rumors that's off of uh like the main street in richmond west broad street rumors mm-hmm. is dope um, they have a lot of dope pieces in there. Um, I love going to like Carytown, which is like another city over in Richmond. Um, and they just have a lot of different, uh, you know, exclusive shops there. Um, I know it's another spot that's called, uh, I think it's called Circle Thrift. Um, I don't really be keeping up with the names, but I just know the <laughs> area. And I'm like, all right, mm-hmm. if I know if I go to this area, I'm going to find what I'm looking for. And then, you know, exactly. the, good, the Goodwill, though, regardless, you can't go wrong with the Goodwill. You know, they okay. got, they got uh, consignment, everything in there. So um, and then also depending on the area, again, like when you have those metropolitan places like Richmond, you know, you'll be able to find some dope pieces that somebody thrifted. You know, like I said, a lot of designer name brand stuff. Like I said, I've, I have guest pieces. I have um, old like uh, sports jerseys and stuff like that. So, yeah. Definitely, definitely. The Goodwill is always like state staple <laughs> for any time that I feel like, uh, you know, hopping in the shops for sure. Mm. See, I've never been like I've been a few times, but you're right. They really do have some like really eclectic um, 
type of original wear. Yeah, the definitely well. eclectic. Definitely eclectic for sure. Yep. Definitely. Like I, I can remember, I, I wish I never purged them. I found like these really dope, like genuine uh, tan suede, like capri pants. They was like straight leg. Yo. So just finding like, like statement pieces like that is everything for me when I go. Um, and also, you know, people, people give things away too. Like if I meet somebody and they, they also thrift, you know, you exchange, whatever. Um, I also love Buffalo Exchange. That's what I couldn't think of at the moment. Buffalo Exchange is definitely a dope um, and and heavily creative curated thrift store as well. They definitely are more intentional about um, the styles that are out now and just also keeping things that people um, are looking for, especially people like me and how I dress and stuff like that. So Buffalo Exchange is definitely number one, too. Let me tell y'all, she's always been a... Fire. <laughs> Yo, I just, I, I actually just remember when I met you, it was in, this is so crazy. I don't yes, know. please refresh my memory because, yo, you know, it's been some years, man. And Listen, I'm like, I, I don't know what that hall is called. Foster. It might not yes. even be called Foster yes. no more. Right. I said, I, I have not been there. The name. I haven't been there in years. Woo. Yeah, I've been we there love in some years. We okay, so second floor, Foster. Mm. Is it the tab office? Is yeah. It the tab? Yes, yeah. I was in there with Trina, I think. And you had on this, y'all, she had on this green bomber. That jacket was so fire. Okay. Yo. Green bomber. That's crazy. Green That's bomber. Cra- <laughs> That's crazy you remember that, sis. Because the jacket was just so fire. And I, I don't know what was going on at Foster that day. There was something going on outside. Yo, it was yo. definitely something going on. College outside. days, yo. College days. Ooh. Wow. Wow. We yeah. had some times, man. We we definitely some had times. some times. And it definitely was. <laughs> and I'm just thinking back now, like, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like, man, my style won't even on what it's on now. If I really could, like, say my personal opinion, which is crazy. Like, that was just the beginning of... And then for all of us, too. Like, college was definitely... Um, you know, it's a time where you find yourself. You know what I mean? The, that Those four years are very significant. Um, just like the four years in high school are significant. Um, but, I, yeah, what a time to be alive then. Because... Ooh, and especially to go to to a HBCU, it's nothing like going to a HBCU, honestly. So I'm um, I'm grateful for that whole experience, and also you know our paths aligning as well. Because yeah, again, for sure. you know here we are years later, um, you know just continuing on in the, in in the same direction, you know, yep. and and just going after the things that we want, and also just staying rooted in the spirituality, and that's what I love because I just know that you know me and you will always be tribe. Um, together and and that's what's beautiful about it as well so mm-hmm. yeah all praises due for that for sure for sure college was a really good time looking back on it um woo child simpler times <laughs> simpler, t- <laughs> simpler uh, times man. man we ain't had to wait. worry about no bills no no <laughs> no I sure in the hell didn't you know I I did Ooh. not but it it was great times shout out to VSU you know yeah yeah, hell state. Foster Hellstate. was always lit. I don't know why it was just something always going on outside on a nice mm. day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always and, on a nice day. And that's what's know dope like about an now. HBCU. Yeah, yeah. Who, who knows what who it's knows? like with all that? You know, now well, now that COVID, you know, was lifted. Now 
listen, I don't know what the kids are like these days, but you know, one thing about an HBCU, it's always going to be something popping. But I, I, I have been peeping, um, you know, just things here and there, maybe on the okay. internet or whatever, and um, yeah, or maybe just passing by. Um, right. But I definitely love. I feel like you know this generation that's coming up. You know, they're mm-hmm. definitely. Uh, they caught some of our energy. I think they're definitely continuing to walk mm-hmm. in a path of just liberation and wanting to um, just break the stereotypes, man. Break the stereotypes and, and the status quo of of what it of what has been portrayed to be black in America. And um, you know, just keeping up them stats, man. You know, staying educated and being educated in black is very dangerous. Um, mm-hmm. our, ancestors, our ancestors used to get killed for being educated. So, you know, it's a blessing to just be able to have that space for sure. So, but yeah, definitely a HBCU is, is everything, man. It's it's the love in it. It's the, it's the unsaid energy and camaraderie just amongst, you know, our brothers and sisters and also the social organizations. What? <laughs> yeah. HBCUs take their social organizations seriously. Yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> You talking about my or? <laughs> you just got here. You, you just got mm. in or? Mm. No, but when you develop bonds with people, it'd be like that. Yeah, for you sure. Know, when you relate to somebody and you understand them beyond an organization. Right. It'd be like that. So I right. get it. But it's still funny, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it. Yo, we 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 had some times, man. (laughs) Plenty of them. Plenty of them. We love it. We love it. (laughs) Um, So, what motivates you to get up in the morning and keep going? Mm, Um. Wow, that's definitely a um a multiple part question for me. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's just as a kid, I always. I always spoke conviction on my life, even though, mm. you know, even before knowing what spirituality was. And um, I always pay homage to my grandmother because I'm like, you know, if it wasn't for somewhat of that connection, you know, mm-hmm. making me go to church and making me be around that type of energy that comes mm-hmm. with the gospel or that mm-hmm. just comes with black people and being connected to the spirit, um, you know, that was kind of like a seed planted. Um, but as a kid, I, I just always knew I was different. It was never really a place. I, I never really had a place where it was like I fit in, but I also, mm. I also didn't want to fit in. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I was, I was very inquisitive, like, and I, I still am to this day. Um, and I just always questioned everything. And there was always, uh, my intuition just was awakened at an early age and I knew it just didn't know the the language to it and didn't know how to express it or interpret it. Um, so for me, just like I said, I I just always knew I, I was going to be destined for something great. I didn't know what it was. Um, and you know, just overall me being tapped into my truth and myself and, um, being able to like express and finally give myself this space to express my gifts um, when it comes to music and what I can do with my hands. And I've done so much. I used to cut hair, you know, mm-hmm. and like <laughs> even in my introduction, y'all see like uh, mm-hmm. photography, you know, it. I always wanted to do 
a lot of things. Like that was the thing for me too. There was never like a, I just wanted to be this or I just wanted to be that. And if it was, you know, that was just coming from my parents or trying to, you know, have that type of uh, path where it was like, okay, what are you going to do? But I just always seen myself doing multiple things. So um, now that I've, you know, been on the journey towards just being multifaceted and embracing that is what keeps me motivated and just doing the things that I love. Music is, is a very expressive and spiritual thing for me. Like I can really just sit and listen to music for hours. I can't even explain like what it does for me, but it just does something spiritual for me. Um, and I feel like, you know, if I'm not creating um, and creating in general is, is really what keeps me motivated. And also, um, seeking truth. I like to, I like to call myself a seer. I don't like to really use the terms like spiritualist or, you know, I like to say vessel. Um, but again, I just always knew I was connected to something higher than myself and staying in alignment with that is what keeps me going. Like I know that, you know, I, I can't lose if I'm staying in alignment with my higher self and that kind of frequency um and also just the goals and I always see myself living an abundant life you know what I mean um so so not chasing that abundance but staying in alignment with that goal and and with abundance emotionally financially physically um spiritually is what keeps me motivated because listen I just know it's 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 in the alignment of my life it's in the alignment of my life for sure so that's what keeps me motivated man and even through the transitions, um, and I'm going through a transition now, I continue to just keep my faith in the source. Like, okay, I know this is what I got to do to get here, you know, and also learning from the people around me, my experiences. I've, I've been on a lot of different sides of life. I feel like, um, you know, mm. I've been in the military. Mm. I've seen mm-hmm. that, you know, I've, I've tapped into been, been down a rabbit hole and still going down a rabbit hole. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, and, and ultimate freedom too. ultimate freedom is honestly what it's about for me. That's really what keeps me motivated. Cause like I said, you know, life is not always what it seems. And I think when people start to actualize that they'll be able to see like, okay, yeah, this life is really about being free. Like we don't have to live by these rules. We don't have to, you know, live by this system. You know, there, there is a opportunity for all of us to be free and for all of us to create the lives that we want. So that's really where my fire sits at for sure. Dej. That's okay. If you could use one word to describe yourself, what would it be? Mm, wow. Wow. One Woo. word, okay. One. Woo. Um, and why? Wow, Dej. Let me let me sit for a second. That's no problem. One, one, one word to describe me. One word. I would have to say one word to describe me is I'm gonna say persistent. That's the that's the number one thing that's coming to my mind. Um I think a lot of the times, especially you know, because what we got to understand is we're, we're conditioned from the day that we're born um, and we're conditioned from our family. We're conditioned from the education system. Right. We're conditioned from uh, the religion that we're exposed to. Right. So many different things, the media. Um, so for me to to unlearn and relearn, that shit takes persistence. <laughs> this is very true. Listen, and, and, and this life thing is, is 
totally men- mental. And I think in order to push past those psychological barriers, in order to to reach the milestones that you need to reach to get closer and to get closer and closer to to the dreams is is persistence. So and I'm 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 a very passionate person in anything that I do. I'm kind of like a all or nothing type of individual. So I definitely think to be passionate is to be persistent um and and determined. So I and I ever since I can remember, I mean I was persistent as a kid. I was a tomboy growing up. I didn't care about getting scratched up, bruised up, climbing trees, riding bikes, you know, just doing a whole bunch of crazy stuff like um and and being fearless too and I'm I'm trying to get back to that childlike energy of being fearless cuz I think that's what eases you know those conflicts that come um with the mentality of life too so I'm definitely persistent for sure for sure for sure that's okay so this kind of concept of divine feminine and divine masculine. What do mm. those aspects mean to you? Mm. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's in all of us. I think uh, that whole duality, right? So if we're thinking about, you know, God and, you know, just like we were talking about, God is duality, right? And I think that also will help people being able to get a kind of way, kind of away from those pronouns as well. And it's understanding that duality is an energy. Um, and in men and in women, it's very important for us to have both, right? right? Like speaking from a woman's perspective, you know, we're the divine feminine, the representation of the galaxy, the nine planets, um, that, that energy right there. And I think I, I was looking at something that an elder was saying yesterday. He was like, the mother earth is feminine energy, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and mm-hmm. only because it's of a nurturing energy. It's of that powerful energy. It's in the whole galaxy, literally the, the, the divine sure. feminine, you know what I mean? So it's, it's in the language there. Um, and also speaking just from a, a woman's perspective, you know, we're emotional, um, you know, we're nurturing, uh, just by default, and sometimes that emotion needs to be paired with the grounded, disciplined, masculine energy as well to get things done, um, to be able to push through when it gets hard and mm-hmm. um, to be able to uh, focus and sometimes realign when we're going through transition or when the unexpected things come up in our life. So um, and, and for a man too, like, listen, that grounded energy, that, that egotistical energy is all good for the power and for being able to get done what needs to get done. But you also got to be able to express yourself. You know mm. what I mean? And, and, and be able to actually feel and be present. Um, and, and that presence is everything. So when you mix those two together, you're powerful you're literally powerful. You're of you're of God consciousness. So again, um, yeah, that that mass divine feminine and divine masculine is is something that is key, especially for our awakening as black people. Um, and I think that's what we're starting to get to. Um, and I want to just say, you know, there definitely is an awakening happening every single day. Like, you know, portals are being open. Two, two, two just passed. And a lot of people are starting to realize, you know, that, oh, I need to actually look within and I need to actually, 
you know, mm. bring up bring up these things that I've been suppressing. And for a man that requires him to tap into his feminine energy and for a woman that requires us sometimes to tap into our masculine energy to be able to deal with the things that are suppressed in us. Cause, cause mm-hmm. healing is everything. Healing is everything. And healing is life. Even if you're just thinking about the seasons, you know, we go through a solstice where everything in nature is bare and then it comes back to life again. And it right. happens over and over again in the cycle. So, um, and I think, you know, those those two energies that's how the life force the life force coexists amongst us um for sure so i definitely think that's kind of like my interpretation of that um yeah wow these questions oof. we get mm-hmm. it <laughs> i say i say man um and that, i i think like to your point where you were saying about mother nature like mm. mother nature can reproduce Mm-hmm. That's the beauty in her, right? You know, so that means that that's the beauty within us. Yeah, as women, yes, being able to do that, being yes. able to procreate, because life itself on this earth procreates. Yeah, Ashe, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, who are some of your music inspirations? Oh, I love this. Um, I have a lot. I have a lot. Um, being a Virginia native, for mm-hmm. sure, for sure. We're going to go ahead and get into it. Missy Elliott. Okay. Uh, Timbaland and Pharrell. I mean, and especially, we love Timbaland, but Pharrell, he definitely uh, has that aspect of making music that makes you just want to, like, move and, mm-hmm. and dance. And it's kind of like this, again, like, music is so spiritual that, my intention behind just when I make music is to tap into people's energy is to tap into people's spirit and make them feel something, you know, get something out of them. You know, what, how is somebody going to resonate to this? Um, and just creating with the feeling as well. Um, left eye, um, you know, I'll definitely RIP to, to the queen, um, to the God. She was ahead of her time. Left eye is somebody that, I resonate with on all different types of levels, just who she was as an energy um, and how she was just so deeply rooted in her spirituality um, and her lyricism as well. And even just like the tone in her voice. Um, if you, if you listen, especially to like lyrical exercise, cause my first EP um, was more so, I want to say like a discovery, you know, that was like September, 2020. Um, I, that was like following the summer that I was producing and different things like that. And just tapping into my own sound. So that, that EP, the misinterpretation of Kari was very ex- experimental for me. Um, but when you get into lyrical exercise and kind of just like my cadence and, and, and how my delivery is definitely reflects her a lot. I mean, I've studied her. I, I watched her documentary before she, before she ascended. Um, and mm. she was somebody that I, that I definitely closely watched, um, when it comes to female rappers as well, more than anybody. And, you know, there's, there's mm. Queen Latifah and there's like Moni Love, MC Light, mm. you know, mm. all these prolific, um, female figures and even Aaliyah too um just an RIP to the God as well just um that the energy that they had it was something celestial about these women left eye and Aaliyah like man and and, and Missy too she's so 
innovative, you know what I mean? And, and, and pushing the envelope and doing things that nobody else was doing and being androgynous while doing it. And that goes back to that duality, you know what I mean? So, and I, I, I believe that I also possess those same qualities and energy. And I just, I try to express as much as that is possible in my music. Um, especially when I started to develop and get closer to my sound, kind of like, okay, you know, this is who I am. And when Lyrical Exercise came out, that mixtape was kind of like my lyrical exercise, you know, to establish and solidify myself as a, a lyricist. I don't like to say rapper because I feel like when you tell people that you're a rapper, they don't take you seriously because of all these mainstream goofies in the in the industry. And <laughs> you know what I mean? Listen, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say what it is. You gonna keep it real because it's just like you know, you say you're a rapper and it's like, oh, okay, like nah, but I'm a lyricist for real, and and there's intention behind it. And I think that's what really resonated with me when it comes to uh artists like missy and and left eye for sure is that intention behind what they were saying and having fun with it too making it fun um for sure definitely i'm sorry i'm trying to put a blanket on it's cold in here hold on it's cold (laughs) take your time sis you're good let me go a little draft it's it's some draft draft in here let me turn this heat on Ooh. You, no, don't tell me it's cold down south it's, it's cold down yonder <laughs> down yonder they caught a little wind down there they caught a little wind the age of Aquarius know. honey that wind coming through see we thought it was hot outside today <laughs> Okay, one little good day. Right they trying, to, they trying to freeze us out before springtime come you know we got about a month or so Till till March twentieth, supposed to be hit, you know, hit spring. So they mm-hmm. trying to chill us out right quick. Right. Oh, speaking of freezing out, people need to be worried about farms. Listen, let, you know, let, yo, saying. it's crazy because I've been that has been just heavy saying. on my mind, sis. That has been heavy on my mind. Connect, like, connect with your people that got farms. I'm, I'm telling you, man. And uh, Blue Pill was just talking about that on his live today, man. Like, yep. yo, the, no the, we, we really gotta get this cultivation going, man. Like, and I've spoken with um other 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 tribe members and you know like and it's just good to hear that there are other people you know around us that are wanting to do that because like i'm telling you man i'm honestly probably gonna come down to to georgia or florida when it's all said and done in a few and just you know get some land out there and Mm -hmm. you know do what needs to be done because yeah that's definitely that's definitely in the works for sure yeah for Um, sure yeah it's needed yeah and and, you know they very much so they 3D printing the food now and, and shit. So, you know, you know, it's just blowing my mind. But even even deeper, I, I heard earlier today that about two, maybe 2.7% 2. Mm. are farm owners. Mm. Yeah, no, nah, we got to fix that. Yeah, we, we, <laughs> so we, what? You we, yeah, yeah. Huh? Yeah, Ain't no way, dog. <laughs> we gotta fix that. We gotta Ain't fix that no because the, way. And it's crazy because it's about sixty percent of indigenous people that make up this whole country. So yeah, that's 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 uh, we gonna have to fix that. Hello, like yeah, think about it. That, like that's crazy to think about. Wow, two percent, man. Uh, yeah, and, oh, I, and I, you know, I, don't quote me now, but I I heard. 
Yeah, this is that's not about heard. right, though. You know? That's not about right. Listen, I would not be surprised, honestly. You know, just you know, saying. People, again, that that programming and being so dependent and relying on this system, like it's, how, only, it's only going to get us killed. It's only going to get us killed. For sure. So, yeah, that definitely those those fresh fruits and vegetables are everything. And they and they taste better. And the energy yeah. behind those foods as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, just keeping it sacred, too. Because, you know, mm-hmm. with, with the food that is in the grocery stores, it's, it's being handled by so many hands. And you really don't know where it's coming from. And just a lot, man. Um, yeah, definitely. That, yeah. That's, that's in the works. The the getting the the land established and and getting that farming going for sure because we gotta we gotta really learn now um especially this year to learn how to be more self-sufficient and, and sustainable mm-hmm. the elders have been saying this over and yeah. over and over again and it's a constant thing that they repeat so yeah. the time is now man the time man. is definitely now claude and uh dr claude anderson has said this a couple years back mm-hmm. maybe in either 2019 or 2020 he was on this interview with uh, Boyce Watkins, and he was on there saying that there's going to be a food shortage. There's mm-hmm. going to be this. There's going to be mm-hmm. that. And this is just two years ago. Wow. You know, and um, that is when the pandemic, I believe, started. Mm-hmm. And um, it is, you know, to think about it even deeper, you know, black folk in America mm. or farm owners. Yes. You know how I know? You know, I got evidence. I got mm. an, an antidotes. Yep, I already, I'm already knowing. <laughs> you know I'm what I mean? Knowing. Like, my great-grandfather, my great-grandmother grew up type thing in North Carolina. Mm, I have family from there as well, sis. On farms. Mm-hmm. Was able to produce their own food. Mm-hmm. So black people that been in America been doing this from two generations away. Right. And some of those people are still living today. Yeah. You know, like it is deep, man, but we have just lost the way and we have gotten to a point where we become codependent on systems instead of, you know, going back to what you were saying, Kay, understanding God. Right. You know? Right. The, you know, food definitely <clears throat> can show up in different energies. Yeah. So yeah. I get it. Definitely. For sure. And the thing is, people and the and the whole thing about being self sufficient and all that it all of that is because like the the fear behind the programming and like the the human population is so fearful. Like they're like, oh my God, what do I do? And it's honestly not that hard to be self-sufficient. Like even thinking about the simplest way to regrow a a, a bell pepper, you go and get a bell pepper from the store, you get a hundred seeds inside. You know what I mean? That you can replant. When you cut a green bell pepper open, the seeds are right there for you to go ahead and, and reproduce it in the ground. You know, so just thinking about stuff like that, like, and even just thinking about the concept of, you know, that fruits and vegetables are a lot cheaper than meat. And, you know, so all these different things that we just have to learn how to overstand that we don't because of the, it's the psychological plunder. Like, man, crazy. Crazy, man. Man, that shit just faded out for a second. That shit sounded weird. I don't know what. 
Oh man. On my end, it just like it was like a DJ. Oh, not a DJ. <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. I don't know. I don't know if you've been hearing it on your end. Nah, sir. But I've been clear. hearing like this, like when I'm talking to you, it's like some like your voice sounds altered, like in and out sometimes. And I'm like, what is going on here? It's a mm. little weird. They might be tapping into what's going on, but Man, that's you okay. know how they do. You know how they but that's totally okay. Come you know it's join, too. You, you know, know it's too powerful energies on this, <laughs> and and we 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 communicating through this uh this here you know this this realm this this te- technological device that we have. So right, you, yeah. You so. know they they be trying to figure out oh what these sisters up to now. Yeah, y'all know what's up. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> yeah what's up <laughs> listen listen man <laughs> oh man okay so what probed you to get into music like what inspired you mm, um definitely uh I, I would say it was a combination of things um my mom was always one of those type of parents that wanted me to always be involved in something so at a very early age I was doing ballet I was doing tap um and like I said like from a baby on until I was about maybe 13 14 you know getting into my my early teen years um grandma was like we going to church and she would dress me up so being in church and just listening to like gospel music was was really my first love um, just, just on a foundational piece. Um, and then from there, having the influence between my mother and my father, um, and the things that they were listening to and the music that my grandmother was listening to, um, was really what aided me and, and aided in my attraction to music. I can remember like coming home from, from school, like in, in middle school, just like, turning on YouTube and listening to like Mac Miller, like Kool-Aid and pizza and like, mm, you know, Kool-Aid like, and pizza. Right. Oh my God. Like, right. You know, people don't know that. Yeah. That was, I remember yeah. when he came out, like, yeah, I really like, liked Mac. Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was a vibe and he was different and, and just being on YouTube. Cause you know, YouTube was such a different mm-hmm. world when we was coming up. It was it like, sure you, was. you can look up anything yeah. on there and you know, even just the early Miguel days before people even knew Miguel and Drake too. Like I've been a Drake yeah. fan since I've been a Drake fan since he was wheelchair Jimmy on Degrassi. See, y'all don't know about Degrassi days. Like the real, <laughs> the real Degrassi when Drake was on there. That was the real Degrassi. Um, and so listening to his old stuff and just a whole bunch, just getting into my own zone. And like I said, pairing that with um my spoken word. Um, because before I was writing spoken word, I was actually I would try to rap. And, you know, I never thought I was good as good at it because it was like you didn't really have that consistent support um, mm. in the industry of female lyricists and stuff like that. Um, when it came to like, you know, getting into the 2000s era and stuff like that after, you know, TLC and all that, it wasn't really any consistent representation. It was just a lot of like pop, you know, R&B and stuff like that. But, yeah, I just, you know wanting to create and and having those influences at an early age was was really what drew me um toward 
toward music. And then, you know, just throughout grade school, I was I stayed consistent with that. You know, I was in show choir, so I was singing and dancing in high school. And, you know, it just always stayed there in my pocket, you know, wanting to wanting to be around music because I just had that connectivity to it. Like I said, it was just a, it's a spiritual thing for me and it never left me. And it took me until, you know, again, the year 2020, that was sight for everybody. So from 2019, it really was like an eye opener, like, yo, you can do this. And I just went hard with it and I haven't looked back since. And now I'm at a mm-hmm. point where I'm like, yo, I'm trying to get in the studio with Tyler. I'm trying to get in the studio mm-hmm. with with Pharrell. I'm trying to get in the studio with Lauren Hill. Like that's that's what I'm on right now. So I'm just I'm just staying in pocket until the day that I can get around more uh, more artists and just more creatives. Um, so, yeah, definitely a combination of things it was for me. Hmm. So as a producer, when you're creating a song, how, like, what's that creation process like? Mm, all right. Uh, I, sometimes I go about it in different ways. Um, <clears throat> there are some days where I can hear something and I'll, and I'm always a stickler for like, writing stuff down and like voice memoing sounds and different things because I never want to mm. lose it because I never want to lose it. So I'll do that and I may go back and reference something or I'll be listening to music or listening to an artist and they'll inspire me or maybe I hear a certain sample and it'll, it'll inspire me to make something. Um, and then the, the majority of the time, it's more so a feeling. Um, I might, you know, be like, hmm, I feel like making something and then I can be like, okay, I wanted to give this falling in love feel, or I feel, you know, like I want to talk my shit right now. So let me make something that's a little bit more like you can bop your head to it. Um, and then even sometimes when I'm starting to starting to create, I can start out with like the melody and then I can hear the song totally different as I'm creating, you know, and then I just let it flow. The most important thing for me is the feeling of a song and then as I'm working with that just letting it flow because when you try to force things it doesn't always come out you know the most flattering or the way that you want it or it doesn't really connect anymore like it did when you originally you know felt it or thought about that idea um so yeah it definitely definitely is a combination of things um but a lot of the times I'm just inspired by different things love pain passion, pleasure, um, and experience I may have had in the past that made me feel a certain way. Um, or maybe somebody that I'm thinking about at the time. Um, Mm -hmm. so it's always, and again, all those things are attached to feelings. So Mm -hmm. I think we've gotten so much away from the feeling of music, like how music was when, you know, our parents were growing up and when their parents were growing up, like what, it won't know, you know, shake your ass and, and, and and bitch come here and you know it wasn't all of that like our our people really listen to feel good music like what talking about Anita Baker and like come on now Gap Band and mm. you know uh average white man is he y'all mm. don't know, right they don't know they don't know a love of your as own sis they don't know that you can. <laughs> as soon as you mm. and it's crazy I actually sampled them um. And and on this in this EP coming up, I'll, I'll throw that track on there. Yeah, man. I listen. Ooh. I have so much. I have so much. Listen, I have so much work in my on my in the chamber in the hard drive. Like it's it's crazy, man. Man, crazy. that's dope. 
crazy. That's really dope. I so, that. yeah, it definitely, man, whew, I can't wait for y'all to hear this new project. <laughs> I'm excited to hear it. I am excited to hear it because I just know that you'll do it in a right way. Mm. You'll do sure. it in a very, very good way. For sure. But I've noticed like a trend of like artists using old beats, like our old songs and like sampling it and putting it into like a drill song. Mm, Like on TikTok, like a TikTok video. And I'm like, man, like this beat kind of sounds, if the beat be fire, but like the lyrics be ass. See, and then the other thing (laughs) is too, and then the other thing is too, the beat be kind of kind of finicky too. The thing is, it's so many, and I remember watching T-Pain, he was, uh, he had, I don't know if he still does it, but he had this segment on YouTube Mm -hmm. um, where he would get in the studio with the new popping, you know, mainstream producers or whatever, and I remember he had like that white boy murder beats on there one time, and it was another kid he had on there and I remember uh, he asked the guy, like, you know, how long does it usually take you to make a beat? And he said something wild, like, it'll take me an hour to make, like, 30 beats. And I was what? just like, and then T-Pain's Who can like, do that? And then T-Pain's like, well, that's funny. It takes me three hours to make one song. <laughs> and, you know, we love T-Pain because he he created a different sound, too. You know what I mean? Right. Just with the auto-tune and everything. But it was it was... It was almost like soulful in, in a way, you know what I mean? It was like mm-hmm. stuff you can vibe to. So, mm-hmm. man, these 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 mainstream people out here, they they just so they just want to put out what's fast and what's quick, and it's easy to to sample. That's the whole thing about it. It's easy to sample, and then it's also like, how did you sample the song? You know what I mean? They're sampling in the most simplest way. Like if you're thinking about Kanye, he's the sample king. Kanye will turn a flip a whole sample and you wouldn't even know what song it came from until you heard the song. So, mm-hmm. you know, that that's that's where you get back into the like authenticity of the music. And I always say, like, yo, the real ones is gonna come back. Authentic music is coming back. Don't nobody wanna always hear, you know, the same stuff. And and so many of these artists are sounding the same and you know what i mean making all these like like you said fast drill music and it's just yeah, like, it'd be fast drill. you know what i mean and, it, <laughs> and it's kind of like warping us into this certain energy you know yeah. what i mean almost, almost like a like a seance if you will and, it, and it's getting us further and further away from the energy uh that are like again the the music that our that our parents listen to and our grandparents listen to it's a whole different if you're really thinking about music from the 60s all the way up you know to the 90s to the 2000s into now music is not the same man that's true (laughs) you know it's really not so again i I really want to be a part of that group of people in the wave of authentic artists that actually create and express with with intention man um and just infiltrate the game like that because again like that's what that's that's what has the longevity making those timeless classic songs like what just thinking about come on we're still bumping um buster rhymes and we still bumping pharrell fronting we still bumping right you know, nerd, we still bumping Destiny's Child, we still right. bumping these artists, you know what I mean, from the past that made these timeless songs. Like, it, it's it's crazy, man, to think about how so much has changed. That's for sure. Wow, that was kind of like my next question. That's not, <laughs> not the... 
had to take a sip of that good old tea. <laughs> the tea is still hot, or is it lukewarm? It's it's a little it's a little lukewarm, it's but you know we lukewarm. we we gotta keep them ner- them nutrients going. You know what I mean? The nourishment, keep it going. I'm gonna finish my cup. <laughs> I heard hmm. that for sure. So, what's one of your favorite songs off of Lyrical Exercise 101? Mmm. Hmm. Okay. Um. If I had to choose, if I'm thinking about the song and what I'm saying, I would have to say, ah, I'm kind of stuck. But I would have to say, um, oh me. I did uh the the oh me the Nas and Genuine uh shorty that joint. I, mm. I did that. I did that cover. That yeah, I did that freestyle. Um, shout out to Timbaland. He produced that beautiful, beautiful track. Um, <laughs> and yeah, just just that whole like how my cadence was in that in that in that joint, and really just um, what I was saying, man. Because I I can remember like I was like, you know, you think. I think I said something like, you know, you think these these white dudes walking around in the rented, like they ain't walking around in nothing rented. Like you got to own your ownership is everything. So mm-hmm. and it kind of went with it like, oh, me, like, you know what I mean? So, uh, yeah, that's definitely mm. my, my favorite joint from that mixtape for sure. And then I also love the How's It Going Down uh, DMX, DMX track, too, because that was kind of what birthed. Um, lyrical exercise 101 and it was kind of you know I, I came out like on some yo this is I'm, again I had to really not feel like I had to prove myself to anybody but it was really more so proving myself to me you know what I mean because like I said the first EP was very experimental and I was you know really just getting my bearings with with producing and it's crazy to see how much growth I've had in just two years. Um, because, and then both of those projects came out like months, you know, in between each other, like the, the, the official first EP was September, 2020. And then lyrical exercise was December, 2020. So, you know, um, it was just, yeah, I had to, I had that itch and I had to really, you know, put myself in a place that, or give myself a foundation that I can work from and grow from. So, yeah, definitely Oh Me is my favorite track. I heard that. I heard that. So where do you feel like African-Americans or like melanated people or indigenous people are Mm. as a society currently? Mm. I think right now we're in different times. I think we are, if I want to say we're in unprecedented times that are equivalent to the seventies. Um, the set, if you're thinking about the seventies, that was a time where it was a lot of enlightenment happening. Um, especially for us as melanated people in America, um, really gaining an understanding our autonomy and and really specifically loving ourselves as a people, which I think is 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 where it needs to start, you know. And and I think that also is what learning our history helps us with, right? Learning our history helps us to love ourselves as black people, 
we literally have been <laughs> so depleted to the point where we literally live lives through the lens of the white gaze. You know what I mean? And, and Franz Fernand talks about that in Russia of the Earth, you know, and he gets so deep into it because we live in this compartmentalized uh, system. And I think right now we're we're at a point where we're in the age of Aquarius. There's a lot of universal shift been happening ever since 2020, the year of sight for everybody where spirit shut the whole, shut everything down. Um, we're in a big, huge uh, en- enlightenment revolution. Um, and I think that, you know, as each day goes by, it's more and more of us that are, continuing to grow stronger and also starting to get rooted as well. Um, I think that we are heading into a karmic shift because, you know, you it's not just going to be, you know, years and generations of you uh, manipulating and oppressing the descendants of Moors and, and nothing in spirit not get the karma on that. You know, it's in the natural it's in the law of nature, right? It's in the law of attraction for that to happen. And I think we're finally in a pocket where this is the begin the, the beginning of our exponential growth um, and, and where we're finally going to be the ones to gain back what is rightfully ours. We are, we are the, the inhabitants of this earth, uh, of this whole atmosphere, of this galaxy, um, everything they, they have gotten from us. Um, we have taught... <laughs> these elitists um, and, and oppressors, how to bathe themselves. We have taught them alchemy, which they have used against us and turned it into dark alchemy. Um, and, you know, they operate on our systems still, which people don't know. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I just think the more, and that's why it's so important for us to just unlearn and learn again. And people think it's like, not that serious. No, it's it's actually it is like, that it's actually serious. it's actually life or death for you to learn your history and also to learn your history past what they teach in in school. And the thing is, what they teach in school, it don't even be the whole truth. They teach history so compartmentalized that we don't even understand the concept that everything that was happening in history was happening at the same time, literally. So. That's the other thing. So what we really got to understand is that we we come from a divine energy and just people. I don't know, man. It's like, you know, it's, it's still some people that just don't grasp that grasp that. But there is more of us and more of us that are continuing to become enlightened. And that's what I can say. And I definitely think um, as far as the being able to come together is 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 happening you know it's happening slowly but surely but i definitely believe those of us that are identify ourselves as vessels um uh, as seers um as tribe you know we're coming together and you know we're we're setting the standard we're we're truly setting the standard as gods and and that's really the direction that i think you know that we're moving in as a people um so and you know those that that get it get it and those that don't will perish and that's just that um you know and and Franz also talks about the the colonized intellectual and how you have these people that hmm. are <laughs> considered <laughs> considered the the 
the correct figured uh, representation of black people in America, but they they put themselves in a vulnerable position, a vulnerable position of the white gaze. They put themselves mm. in a position of of, uh, you know, appeasing to or wanting to be in the same place as white America. And the thing is that we got to understand is, no, we have to be able to establish our own uh presence here it's not about replacing them and it's not about being where they're at it's about learning our history so that we can know ourselves so that we can understand our power and our presence here and what we can do with that is just it's it's immaculate man it's immaculate yeah definitely so i i definitely think we're at a time where it's 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 a lot of inner inner energetic shifts happening it's a lot of energetic shifts happening and i feel like if people are not continuing to keep their head on a swivel they're going to miss what's going on you know what i mean a lot of us out here we try to educate and educate and you know you have those that may look at us like we crazy whatever but y'all gonna see for sure um and i definitely think you know it, it will behoove people to continue to just pick up and seek the works of our of our elders and our predecessors they left clues for us they they give us everything that we need so um you know it, it's just all about getting out of that that programming man and and learning how to navigate out of the matrix for sure uh yeah definitely taking mm. that blue pill taking that blue pill <laughs> so how would you define matrix mm. um I would definitely define the matrix as if you want to think of it as like a, a, a software, right? Like when you, when you upgrade mm. your phone or, you know, you, you start a new regimen in your life. It's almost like a, it's a, it's a programming. The matrix is, is all around us. Right. So just like how I was talking about that dark alchemy, us being in this physical realm, is is equivalent to what the Bible refers to as hell. The dark alchemy is all around us. So you have these distractions, the media, which is constantly around us. We have all these devices that omit certain protons and frequencies to keep it's us distracted, right? To keep us yeah. distracted and lure us in. Nam Chomsky was actually a white man who was a, a very dope revolution. Man, rebel- yeah, yep. I got you a know? book of his. Yep, I got a book I have, of his. Yep, I have a Which book do you have? I have um, Profit Over People, but I actually watched his Requiem of the American Dream where he talked about mm. how the Matrix essentially, you know, it's a veil. Right. And it's also um, meant for us to be attached to our phones and these, yeah. these devices as well to keep that veil over our eyes. So when the veil is lifted, then you see what 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 stepping out of the matrix looks like is it's seeking that freedom. Right. Um, so just like, you know, just like the movie, Neo was seeking something greater than what was what he was looking at every day, what was around him. Um, and that, and that's ultimately, you know, what I think the matrix is, is just, it's this, it's this world, uh, this, this realm that we live in. It's a certain type of energetic realm and it can either, you know, pull you in or you can lift that veil and, and, and unlearn and really seek to be deprogrammed so that you know how to escape the matrix Mm. for, for sure. Yeah. Ashe to that. Ashe, Ashe, Ashe. Lastly, Miss K, when are you dropping the EP? 
Ah, the golden question. The golden question. <laughs> I got to know. Um, first, I want to say, whew, this EP has been in the crock pot. Do you hear me? <laughs> when I say this EP is really going to be the project that I think gets me the... I don't want to say exposure, but being it's going to be the project that reaches the most people, I want to say. Because um, with it, I also want to be able to release visual content because, you know, you people love a visual. Um, so I definitely want to make sure I do that. Um, but I've been working on this EP since since last year. Um, I just want to put that out there because a lot of people are not going to know that. Um, so I'm thinking the EP, I want to release it. When the weather gets a little bit warmer, okay. um, and and once I'm 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 I feel like I'm at the the tail end of my transition transitional phase right now. So I also want to be in a different kind of space as well before I release it. But um, I'm working every day, and it's it's definitely going to be, uh, or rather live up to the expectations of the weight. You know what I mean? It's it's. Right now, the title of it is called Empathetic Demo Tapes, Volume 1. The, the, the title might change. I don't know yet. Um, I, might, I might come up with a different type of name for it. Maybe something that's a little bit more like, hey, I've arrived. Like, you know what I mean? And this is like my, my true, true official project. Um, and again, me producing everything, recording everything, engineering everything, mixing it. Um, that's all me. Um, and writing everything. That's all me. So I'm just really taking my time with it and allowing this transition, allowing myself to just embrace myself going through this transition. And I think that's going to add to the project as well. Um, and I think it's going to be some some stuff on there. You know, a lot of people are not going to expect like, you know, I know I know it's a lot of people that are like, oh, when Kay releasing new music and I, I've released little snippets of things here and there on on my instagram page still just to give y'all a little taste um but i'm i'm very excited for for people to hear this and also very excited to have visual content to go with it as well and really just break through um as an artist and you know establish myself and 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 i think this is the most authentic and legitimate way for me to do that um at first, I wanted only like seven songs to be on there. But honestly, the way it's going now, it might be more. Um, so we'll see. We would definitely see. It's a work in progress, but it's also a work of art. Um, and I just really love the growth of it all. Like, I'm, I'm excited for people just to see the growth of it all. Because, again, like I said, over these last two years uh, and even just in my in my lyricism as well, it's, I'm on a different level, man, honestly. That's not to boast or brag or anything, but I just know that I make music from the heart. I really do. Um, and so I think that's what's going to help people resonate with this project a lot, a lot better. Um, so I'm just excited, man. I'm excited. Um, taking my time with it, you know, again, like I said, I don't want to rush, ever rush anything, but I want to say if we're going to put a date on uh, a, a month to it now, probably May, June, okay. June is when y'all can expect um, the EP. Shoot, I might drop it Juneteenth weekend. Who knows? Hello. Um, so, 
So, yeah, and I definitely also want, like, again, I at least want to get one visual done for it as well to kind of, like, help the exposure or circulation of it. Um, so that's also something that I'm working on. It's kind of like cultivating um, what song is going to kind of be the single or, like, the song off the EP that kind of takes it where it needs to be because there's, there's a lot of dope joints that I didn't make so I'm excited man um yeah so we're gonna say June June seems like and it feels good like it feels like it's a perfect time to to release it it's the top of the top of the summer really um so y'all will definitely get that soon all right I appreciate it Kay no problem the exclusive. I appreciate you sis yes yeah, the, exclusive, no the exclusive exclusive we didn't we didn't got into a little rabbit hole we did, but I appreciate it. <laughs> I definitely appreciate it. Yeah, no, nah, but the people, you know, we need more conversations like this. Um, For sure. That's the, that's the dope thing about, you know, a uh, tribe that, that have podcasts and platforms like yourself like this. Um, for us to be able to talk and for us to be able to expand mentally as well um, as, as emotionally and spiritually um, and just being able to for people to be able to hear other people that look like them talking the way that we talk and, you know, the way that we carry ourselves is, is very vital to the, to the awakening of the, of the whole. So that's, that's what we're here to do. And that's what it's all about. Much love to you. Hey, that was beautifully said. Yes. Yes. Well, y'all make sure y'all go ahead and follow. Okay. Put your social media out there. Yes, um, please, everybody, follow me on Instagram at Kari. It's K-A-E-A-R-I-E. Kari on Instagram, follow me. Um, I have a, a whole series of, of IG Live videos as well, so it's not just music on there. Um, there was a point in time, especially last year, where I was very vocal on my platform, and I will get back to doing that as well. Um, but, you know, I love to just share truth and share knowledge. You'll see a lot of that on my story. Um, and yeah, just support the movement, man. Support the music. Um, yeah, love for sure. All right. Peace, sis. Thank you for coming on in her yes. sense. I appreciate you. Yes. Thank you, sis. Peace. Peace.